Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11am, with news, views and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. We're on air. Good morning, everyone. Um, this is a Sue and Fiona. Um, I've forgotten our branding. Les, Les Geeks. Les Geeks? Yes. <laughs> Fiona, Fiona will go and find her microphone in a sec. <laughs> and I've got um, this this week, I mean, the, every week we think something. there must be something that's not happened and we haven't got anything to do this week. Um, but but that never happens in the queer communities. <laughs> so so this week um, I've got some guests. I've got um, Jean and Jess who've come to talk about a new production down at Bats, um, which is called Sapphic Lake. And um, greetings to Jean and Jess. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. I thought, um, now, we, 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 we have a number Sue is looking at me. We have a number of questions. Oh, lovely. So, um, <laughs> tell us, maybe just tell us about the um, show to start off with. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, your kind of yeah. take and concept and how it's being done. Absolutely. So my name is Jean Sargent and I'm the um, creative director of School for Gifted Children, which is my production company. And this is my second queer ballet with School for Gifted Children, um, choreographed by Bridget Costello and uh, this time around directed by Anya Upstill, who is my co-creator of the story and the ballet. Excuse me, can you hear that little bit of <clears throat> Good morning. Rising up in my voice there. Okay, so um, <laughs> last year we did the Slutcracker, which was a queer version of the Nutcracker. And this year we are doing Sapphic Lake, which takes the music of Swan Lake and the story of Iphis and Ianthe from Ovid's Metamorphosis and sort of smashes them together with a, a modern, inclusive, queer lens um, Iphis and Ianthe in the Ovid is about a child who was born female, raised a boy, and then at the end of the story, the goddess Isis um, magically changes Iphis into a boy. Um, in our telling, we are more interested in what if it's absolutely okay to be in the body that you're in? What if it's absolutely okay to just grow into your identity? And really, it's it's quite a pastoral story. There's a lot of um, activity from deities, but um, it's really it's a love story. It's a it's a person next door meets person next door story, um, with spectacular costumes and gorgeous ballet moves. Does that sound about right, Jess? Um, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> Jess is one of the cast. We have. 
five core cast and then we have two swings, which is other dancers who are coming in to perform for uh, two of the cast on nights that they can't perform, which is not a common occurrence in fringe theatre to have understudies. But in the ballet world, it's incredibly common for people to learn multiple parts, um, sort of A cast, B cast, C cast. So that's really exciting. It means that we actually get to widen our cast and invite other um, queer dancers into it. And I saw that you were um, you had a completely um, LGBTI um, group of people who are putting this on, right? Absolutely, and that's a big thing for me as a queer theatre maker because the reality is that in any queer uh, in any theatre um, process, it, you're more likely than not to have at least one, if not most, of the company be queer. However, is that company telling a queer story? Often not. Um, so while queer people in the theatre ain't nothing new, <laughs> <laughs> queer stories told by queer people for queer people is actually still an, an incredibly radical concept. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and I saw in and we'll go on to the Kickstarter later. But mm. I saw in the information about the Kickstarter that you're also running that you were doing a mentorship um, yes. program as well. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So part of the BATS CoPro model this year is to foster tuakana relationships, um, which is something that actually a lot of theatre practitioners do uh, informally, but in with the CoPro model at BATS actually stipulating that a big part of, of throwing that funding behind work is that we are fostering new talent and giving new talent a, a foot in the door and a, a way in. It's really, really meaningful. So we have a young dancer, KJ Lusinski. This is their first professional production. They are 18. And so they are learning very, very quickly the professional norms of making work, um, the intensity, but also the love and the joy of making the theatre. We also have a young person uh, called Maddie Brooks Gillespie, who I've actually been working with them since they were 13. We were in a production of Richard wow. III together. Um, so they are involved in the tech crew side of things as well. And it really is, you know, as somebody who has a 17-ish year professional theatre um, career, my foot in the door 17 years ago was Young and Hungry, which doesn't really exist the way it used to anymore. Oh, right. And Young and Hungry was an amazing theatre model where it was three shows a night, three different companies, and you really learnt very, very quickly, trial by fire, about things like how to behave in a theatre, how to be a, a part of the team. It was a real um, uh, ego-shattering experience in a really, really positive way. Like, yeah, you you can't just, as a performer in the theatre, it's incredibly unglamorous. I mean, you should see the dressing rooms at most of our professional theatres. Absolutely repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> the glamour happens on stage. It doesn't happen off stage. Um, so, yeah, having the opportunity to have some, some money thrown at us and um, be able to foster new talent is really, really important to me and I think to the, to the health of theatre. So... Um the co-pro model, tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so it's yeah. Um, a BATS uh, initiative and also the Basement Theatre in Auckland is uh, doing something similar, um, which really comes as a result of the conversations that were had uh, 
during and after the two-month lockdown last year um, around sustainability for artists. It's incredibly difficult as a theatre artist to make anything close to a living wage. So why do we do it? We certainly don't do it for money. Money feels a little bit... A friend of mine, Caroline Armstrong, who's a theatre producer, quite often refers to small amounts of money for like one-off gigs as like shoe money. So a lot of theatre makers are kind of making shoe money alongside a you know a full-time or part-time job or other kind of side hustles. So the Copro model is about throwing some money behind a company. A company will always need to find funding from other sources as well, but just that little kind of kickstart um, so that we can relax into the dreaminess of making work. Um, it's, yeah, the money side of making theatre is incredibly stressful and burns people out really, really quickly, especially burns out our independent producers, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're very grateful to especially um, Carrie at Bats and Stevie at Bats, who um, Carrie is the creative producer and Stevie is the marketing manager for the extra support that they're able to give us during this time. That's really cool. And because um, I saw as part of the Kickstarter, which again we'll talk about mm. later, um, is that it's about paying people what they deserve, I saw. Absolutely it is. You know, I've done work in the past that has been, you know, the proudest work of my life. And if you break it down hour by hour, I'm making less than $5 an hour on that piece, if not less than that. I think I did a show when I was about 20 where all in, considering the amount of like pack-in time that we're all involved in, I made something like a dollar an hour on that <laughs> show. But I would not I would not trade that experience, right? Yeah. But that's totally unsustainable. So we are working really fast and furious with this um, show. It's been uh, choreographed and sort of built in two weeks, which, Jess, how's that wow. as, a, as a performer? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's been an experience. Um, I'm not young, but strictly speaking, I'm not an emerging talent, but I'm like potentially one of the mentor types and that I've never really done professional theater because I kind of knew that it wasn't particularly lucrative and I <laughs> have never been a creator, but I've, you know, I grew up dancing and I wanted to dance, but then there just kind of aren't ways to dance if you are not a size six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so when I saw the Slutcracker, you know, I sobbed, I cried, it was beautiful, it was delightful. And I saw the call for auditions for this and I was like, I could do that. Like this was dance for not just tiny, live little 16-year-olds. Um, and so I've never really been involved in creative process outside of a couple of cabaret-type shows, which are much smaller, mostly like spoken word performance stuff. Um, and we save money by just doing them in the nude. So <laughs> 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 um, no costume budget required. Is um, it in Wellington? Yeah, Naked uh, Girls Reading. Oh, right. Other yeah. yes. unrelated shameless plug. Yes. Um, <laughs> which is my only Wellington theater experience, really. But the process has been really cool because I've my dance career was very much like a teacher taught a thing. You did a number that was choreographed and just taught to you. And I've never really seen like a co-design process where it's like, what does this emotion or feeling or moment look like? You know, how would you express that? Let's all play with it together. Okay, let's find a step or a vocabulary or an arm or something. And that was really interesting to see and weird to adjust to because I've never, my brief career as a dancer was as like basically someone's puppet. You know, you get told what to do when you do the work and this is more 
what feels right. You know, we're playing with a lot of stuff around gender and sexuality. And so everyone brings their own stories. Um, and we're talking about, you know, what was it like for you when you came out to your parents or when you fell in love for the first time? Like, what does it feel like to have a crush? How do you express that? Mm. You know, without words in a ballet. Mm. Um, and that's been really cool to see having all the different brains in the room. And because, the, I mean, we all picked this show for a reason. And because it's so close to everyone, it's a really cool way to get to know people and talk about those stories in a way that is, I guess, not as intense as just sitting around and being like, so how did you come out? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's lovely because you get to kind of share those bits and we all are bringing some part of our experience to the show, whether that's, you know, an experience you wish you had. I said the other day that this is a ballet that I wish had existed when I was like 15 because it would have shown me one that there was a place for like one surprise you were queer um i was very late to the party um, and in retrospect there were a lot of signs but i just kind of didn't have the models for oh oh, oh. yeah um so had ballets like this existed i would have been like oh okay um and so i don't know where i was going with that but no it's cool to like we get to share all our stories together and kind of build them and some of us are you know expressing the story we wish we could have told or how we wish it had gone or like alternative views or just putting our own things into it. And it's just a really wholesome, lovely process of just a bunch of queers hanging out together, telling stories. Um, so wholesome. It is. It's, it's just so like, wholesome. Um, and that's, we do a little check in and out every day where it's kind of, what's mm. your word? You know, what, how do you feel today? And wholesome and joy and words like that come up a lot because it's hard. Like I have not done this much physical exercise in 20 years and I've done it all in a couple of weeks. But you just walk away feeling like grinning ear to ear and just glowing because you're like, this is so cute and so gay. And <laughs> like we all see in it what we wish we had seen at some point in our lives. And so mm. that's what I'm really excited about is getting to share that story with other people. Also, it turns out um, I love being a clown, which my oh. character gets a lot of clowning because I'm the, the old dancer. So there's less of the leaping from me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm the comic relief. Um, and it's it's really fun. Like I also didn't realize that ballet could be funny and not just like a little moment of funny here and there but like pee your pants laugh hysterically funny um and yes, so that's what i want yeah there's my <laughs> plug for you if you've ever seen a ballet and been tempted to fall asleep or like oh what is happening uh, <laughs> perhaps give this one a go because yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's not that <laughs> yeah one of the things that we've got you know that that makes this process so fast and and joyous is that we've got the best in the biz choreographer Bridget Costello who is a former Royal New Zealand Ballet dancer was the company choreographer for the Pop-Up Globe for 3 years and just is so fast and so good at working with dancers of mixed abilities and her capacity for taking a schema from me and from Anya and going, okay, well, here's how we're translating it into dance is just phenomenal. And she's an amazing kind of ballet mum to two companies that she works with. Yeah. So uh, you, you really can't do something as ambitious and as fast as we are doing without really knowing that you've got people on board who you can you can trust and trust is such an important part of making work as well as you just go instead of like, I think I can trust you. I think I can trust you. Just the, I trust you. It's going to be great. You're going to do it. You're all going to turn up and it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. And so as creative producer, I'm not in the room this time around though. I directed the slut cracker 
coming into the space and seeing people working together and seeing the costumes all laid out and seeing, you know, oh, we've put this um, rhythmic gymnastics ballet ribbon thing into it. And I'm just like, oh, how did you read my heart? This is so special to me. (laughs) And just the energy in the room as well, obviously, from what Jess is saying as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just just real lovely, warm, queer energy of um, a thing that I found really kind of magical about queer spaces and also what kind of led me to realize I was queer before I knew was hanging out with lots of queer spaces and just the the amount of time that people have put into thinking about your identity and your place in the world um, and interrogate it in ways that you really don't in straight culture um, mm. makes for a really cool ballet experience but also makes for a really neat like it's really easy to bond with people when everyone has sort of thought about this is how I work in the world and this is what is hard for me and this is what's difficult and so we start from a place of really warm, fuzzy, open communication rather than getting to, you know, things get tense and hard later and then you kind of have to deal with the awkwardness of, oh, this is what's difficult for me. But because we all kind of laid that out there from the outset, um, it's been a really happy, warm process. So, yes, there have been challenges and conflicts, but because everyone trusts each other and is mm. talking and, you know, over communicating, um, it's, <laughs> it's nice. Like stuff gets resolved. There's no weird like. If you've, you know, watched any ballet movie, there's always weird clicks and competition and like none of that vibe is there because Mm -hmm. like we all need each other. Like the show only has five bodies on stage at any one point. And so like it's a very team effort because it's, you know, it's it's a little theater at bats. Um, Yeah. It's it's in traverse, which is a word I learned. but It's like hallway (laughs) style. So the audience is on both sides. Um, hope that wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> I love that. Actually, I really enjoyed you saying hallway style because, yeah, Traverse, I'll be honest, I'm a theatre professional and sometimes when people describe the way that stages are set up, um, in stage, Traverse, uh, in the round, I know, I kind of go, yes, yes, dear, yes. <laughs> but if somebody says, you know, it's hallway style, I'll go, I know about that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, yes, there's for you non-theatre types, but it's really- cool because as a performer you now have two directions to face but as you're like creating action and a story it's taking place almost in the round but not quite and so Mm. it's a really interesting time where there's a lot of little things happening around the stage that maybe aren't the like the center focal point because Mm. there isn't a backstage in any real sense so even if you're not actively dancing in the middle you're often there and doing something and people are still gonna be watching you and that's a really interesting thing Mm. to think about for the story because you can make the story much more interesting and complicated by having little side bits here and there um which is one of my favorite stylistic moves as a maker is kind of keeping people on stage even when they're not performing which I realize is maybe quite punishing to people (laughs) yeah um (laughs) but yeah I love uh the Slutcracker was also in the same space at bats in the dome and so you really can't leave the stage once you're on the stage if you leave the stage you basically aren't coming back on and um I as a performer I'm like great how can I sort of sit in the audience block and watch the show how can I share energy towards my other performers but I realize that that much like direct address which is um you know actually making eye contact with the audience is quite an overwhelming prospect for many performers and it's not a common thing in ballet as well to um have the lights uh not up on the audience but you know have the audience partially visible to they're, the dancers they're real close like real dome close. is not a big space um <laughs> yeah and so there there's points where we're, we're not interacting with the audience just want to 
get real clear. There's, there's no, no audience, audience participation. interaction. There's no it's audience fine. participation. It's not yeah. scary. You're not going to be brought up to dance. <laughs> but um, you are, like, everyone's right there. And so there's moments where the story kind of depends on the audience kind of making sure they're getting it. Like, are you are you reading what I'm putting down? Do you understand the feelings that my character is doing right now? And it's really interesting because it's it's incredibly intimate and not in a weird way, but just mm. it's a small space. What is it, 70 people? Yeah. Um, so there's, like, a nice warm cozy experience i think of watching the show which is what i remember from the nutcracker where we all kind of cried and were like sad it was over because it we thought it was gonna be like just so magical you're like oh wait they're finished but no i want i want more i love this review of my last show jess i really appreciate that's how i got here i mean friends and i saw the show we all cried we went and ate some chips yeah (laughs) i think that's the power of a queer story as well is that there is so much room for the the queer joy and for humor um but also so much room for for pathos and for just really really touching people's hearts uh, on i think it was the opening night of the slutcracker a friend of mine came to see it and they were in the front seat the front row and they started crying about three minutes into the show and did not stop until the end of wow. it while laughing as well mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. very very funny mm-hmm. but the slutcracker was about um uh, queer loneliness at Christmas time and family alienation. So a very, mm. uh, while being a very, very funny kind of sexy romp on Christmas Eve, yeah. it also had these deeper themes oh. that for queer people, uh, you know, you can see that. You can see when that's the theme yeah. in the story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a thing. And it's a thing for a lot of people, but particularly in queer communities around the holidays, we do kind of need to be careful of each other and look out for each other. And my mother has accepted many young queer people into, you know, to the table at, at, on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah. And mm. um, Sapphic Lake is also has themes of family and and finding identity, um, finding family outside of your, your family of origin uh, in order to kind of find your identity and to feel loved and accepted. Mm. Mm. Um, how about we take a break for some music now, yeah? Oh, Groovy. Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. So here we go. Hopefully everything is going to work fine. <laughs> Love us as we are. See us and we're holy. In this shall we shall ever be holy ourselves. Your love will take us far. Praise us and we'll show you from heaven to to the glory holes, glorious and free.
Shall I ask a question? And then, no, I turned into a guitar. <laughs> so uh, uh, um, you mentioned that the uh, cast are mixed ability. Yes. Uh, well, not mixed ability, mixed... Um, uh, experience. Yeah, mixed experience. Mixed danciness. Yeah. So what does that actually look like in a... Yeah, so um, we have uh, five professional or five ballet trained dancers um do you have any ballet experience oh yeah i yeah. spent my whole childhood as a ballet trained yeah. dancer, but that that period ended 20 years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um bjorn asland and uh georgia callet uh both um well bjorn actually trained in contemporary dance and has started to learn ballet in the last few years bjorn is an incredible dancer and um drag artist uh, as part of Ballet Collective Aotearoa, and um, he is currently learning to go on point, uh, which is, you know, the the scary shoes part of mm-hmm. ballet. Um, and Georgia has a ballet dance background as well as being an actor and producer and just rising star, absolutely, absolutely amazing person. Um, KJ was dancing ballet until they were about 13 and they started to not enjoy the uh, the intensity of it, the stress of it, the competition Same. of it. Yeah, So and Jess, similar experience. Um, our two swings, Felix Crossley Pritchard and Tabby Dombrovsky, both have um, ballet training. Uh, Tabby is a professional dancer. Felix is a professional actor. Um, so Felix really, Felix and Georgia very much are that dactor, dancing actor kind of profile. <laughs> and uh, Rain Renor um, rounds out our cast uh, oh, alongside Jess, but I feel like I've mentioned you. 
Jess do see. Hey. Um, <laughs> and Rain has a drag and cabaret and burlesque kind of circus. a and circus background. So you know, people bring surprising things to the table, which, which is one of the great joys about working with people who are not all within the same discipline. Is that there's a lot of learning that can happen, new skills that can be developed, and also just like sick moves that you can pull out and cool tricks that you can yeah. do. Uh, yeah. Bridget, the choreographer, had dabbled in rhythmic gymnastics, so we've brought in um, one of the, the ribbons, which is cool. Um, uh, I can knit and crochet. We've incorporated that in some way, which yeah. is not really a dance move, but we're going to call it a It's a physical skill. It's, it's, a, it's a physical <laughs> theater one. Um, yeah. It, yeah, so it's interesting that it's not just ballet and the like pretty pink tutus and delicate bouncing around um, yeah well in fact um georgia callet and bridget costello figured out together that you can dance on point in doc martens and so the lead role no. is <laughs> yep the lead role is being of ifis is being danced in doc martens yeah, mm -hmm. this is some of the biggest variety of footwear I think I've ever seen in a small show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got some some ballet flats. We've got some, like, incredible, ridiculous heels. Yeah. Lots of docks, some more ridiculous heels. Um, yeah, a lot more, so lot more this, variety than your, than your average. Is one. this what happens when we let you loose with shoe money? Absolutely. Oh, no. <laughs> There's been no shoe money, no. <laughs> Half the, half the costumes that come out of our closets, which Absolutely. will probably yield. Yeah. <laughs> becomes quite obvious when you see the show. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Someone in the drag community would have a gold jacket. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I got a text from the director, Anya, the other day saying, you don't happen to have a pink apron, do you? And I was like, yes, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Although I find when I wear my own clothes in a show, I never wear those clothes again in my life because it feels too much like being in the show so my wardrobe actually has you know a Karen Walker dress that I've never worn since I wore it on stage a couple of years ago <laughs> oh no I had one dress of my own in the show that I, I quite like because it's aggressively gay um, so I hope that this doesn't you yeah know, taint it for me doesn't make but it. I think it's hopefully just gonna remember like yeah going like, to a very joyous queer celebration so hopefully those vibes will yeah absolutely it. um but yeah that's been interesting as you know despite having some like funding available yeah. still being in the kind of indie theater world where you're like well how could we borrow or make this first um <laughs> yeah because when it comes to funding um i as a as an independent artist am much more interested in using money to pay artists wages than really investing in the design stuff we have incredible design incredible design we have two phenomenal theater designers becky boyce is doing the lighting and lucas neal is doing the set and they are both amazing amazing designers but we're doing that design on a budget the costumes have been uh predominantly company and anya but also me and bridget pitching in as well i made an incredible chest piece for the goddess isis yesterday afternoon so off to bunnings to get some spray paint bunnings <laughs> if you wanted to sponsor any theater uh, hit me up you bought so much <laughs> spray paint <laughs> yeah but really our our funding um and the reason that we're running a kickstarter campaign on top of having some funding from bats is actually because you know the time that it takes for artists to make work 
um, it, they really, really deserve to be paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're looking for, I saw 5,000 Yeah, we're looking total. for an extra five grand, which if you break that up into um, artists involved, there is over 10 creatives um, making the work. And so that's $500 each, right? If you just take that five grand, um, $500 each for four weeks of work is not fair. Uh, So it's difficult with crowdfunding because a few years ago um, the market was very saturated and uh, I think people would kind of come and go with how they feel about uh, doing crowdfunding themselves and how they feel about pitching in to crowdfunding. So I guess my my pitch with um, this particular crowdfunding campaign is people who contribute to the crowdfunding are literally paying queer artists to make queer work. And the impact of shows like The Slutcracker and, you know, Touchwood, shows like Sapphic Lake it has real ripples in the community. Um, the Wellington theatre community is small but big at the same time. There's a lot of us out there making making work, and sometimes with the funding models that we have, it, it really feels like you're fighting for table scraps. So I appeal to our um, our allies uh, who work in tech or uh, <laughs> you know, if, servants, you, if you've got a, if you've got a bit of spare money and you feel um, compelled to to support queer work. This well, is this is a, one way to do it. Well, yeah. So you got thirteen days to go, mm-hmm. and you're almost halfway there. Yeah. But but what I saw on the Kickstarter is that you don't need to live in Wellington to enjoy the show. Exactly. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So part of the co-pro model with Bats is that there is a digital delivery unit fund for it. So what we are doing is partway through the season. Uh, we are going to have a um, videographer called Ed Davis come in and film the run, film our run, not a performance, um, but a run of the show, getting right in and amongst the the dancers. So you'll be able to um, watch that uh, on some kind of streaming platform, to be confirmed. <laughs> um, you can get that for free if you pitch into the Kickstarter a certain amount, but also um, people who haven't uh, contributed to the Kickstarter can still buy that and watch it from anywhere in the world. Uh, my solo show, Change Your Own Life, I did that uh, for Bats last year, and I had people in the UK, in Mexico, in um, Australia, in the US, in Brazil watching my wow. show, uh, which is, you know, as a, as a theatre artist, is an incredible, incredible experience to have people you know, messaging you from New York and saying, I cried my eyes out. This is so amazing. Um, just a little self-plug there, whoopsie. <laughs> but, you know, like just in terms of widening the the audience, that's really, really special. Um, so, yeah, that will be available after the in-person <laughs> season has ended. But, yeah, that's one of the rewards for supporting mm. our Kickstarter. Cool. It's um, It's hopefully... Some of our audience gets to hear that. Well, yeah, yeah. check it out. Watch yeah. the show. Check it out. Because if you've ever well. gone to theatre and liked it, um, yeah. I've been a patron of the arts for most of the 20 years that I haven't been an artist. And I've noticed like Wellington Theatre in particular is very supportive of its own, but so much of the theatre is being supported by other artists who yeah. 
are, you know, taking their paltry dollar an hour and going yeah. to support their friends making other art. And so if you like theater and don't make it, um, you're super important to the industry. That's <laughs> um, so go watch stuff. If you have a little bit of extra cash, you know, mm-hmm. pitch in for tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, we had, Yad, we had Yad um come in and talk to us uh, a couple of months ago during the mm-hmm. Wellington New Zealand Comedy Festival. Yeah. And um, afterwards... Uh, uh, we went along to see the show, and it was just amazing. It was, oh, it was just so good to see. And so, anyway, we haven't mentioned at all when the show is on. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so, yeah. How's, so now's the chance to tell everyone. <laughs> so the season is on at Bats Theatre at 6.30pm Tuesday to Saturday, starting this coming Tuesday, August the 17th, and running until Saturday, August the 28th. So there are 10 whole shows to go to. You can find one for yeah. evening, I believe in you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And 6.30 is a great time for a late winter's evening show, mm-hmm. I reckon, especially because I noticed that it's still light in the sky at 5 p.m. at the moment. What a gift. So, you know, you can uh, grab dinner, grab a drink after work and head down to Bats and check out a beautiful uh, queer ballet. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So is it? Um, we've we've got this granddaughter who's she seems to quite respond to dance. Yeah. So can I bring my yeah absolutely granddaughter? yeah so. um, young people are more than welcome to come along to the show. Um, you know, this is definitely something for young people as well as for adults. And if you want to bring uh, children under sort of twelve, um, that's totally up to parental or grandparental. Mm-hmm. Uh, consideration. There's nothing overtly uh, adult in the performance style. <laughs> it's a style. very six thirty p.m. It's kind a of very PG thirteen <laughs> kind of a vibe. Yeah, because <laughs> you might have noticed that you know there's there's queer people in the community being like grandmas. Yeah, <laughs> but um, is it different? This this is kind of a sort of hopping back a bit question, but. Um, I think most of the dance that I've been to has been really quite. A, it's been a long way away. It's mm. been in in St James or mm. the Opera House. Yeah. Or, um, is it is it different for the performers and the performance having the audience so close in a small theatre? Yeah, you have to be, you know, constantly aware of them um, in a much more. I guess, personal way, when you're on a big stage, you're aware that there's an audience, but they're so far away. There's so many of them where so much of small, bat-sized theater is about connecting with the audience, not making them participate. But, you know, it's having those moments where you kind of, you make quick eye contact. Um, There's a lot of almost flirting with the audience in some of the kind of big, joyous scenes where you're running around and you're looking to the audience for validation. And it's cool because you get to see, you can see the performer's face as an audience, which is why I really like going to small theater is because you can see more and you can kind of convey more subtle and nuanced emotions which you can't read from halfway back the opera house um you can't tell that someone's facial expression has changed just a little bit but you can when they're three meters away um and so i think and i think that adds to the kind of fun experience of watching the show is there's this much smaller group it's wellington the intersection of wellington queer and wellington theater community so every a lot of people in there kind of know each other and you it adds to the room in a way that is very different from watching in a massive theater because you get a little bit of that, the camaraderie of we know each other and we're all kind of in on the funny jokes here. And the Slutcracker was great for that because there was there were a lot of like just deeply Wellington moments about it that were very funny 
even if you've never stayed in Wellington for Christmas, like you, you get them. Um, and I think Suffolk Lake has a lot of that similar vibe of there's, you remember what those moments felt like as you were either a kid growing up or your interactions with your parents or just having a crush and falling in love and all of that. And I think there's some nice, it's a different kind of vibe than seeing stuff on a theater. And I think that's where you see jokes about people can fall asleep at the ballet or the opera. And that's part of because you're so removed from the action, um, but in a small space, like you're right there. You can see it. It's pretty mm. cool. I love it as a performer being in a space where I can really commune with the audience and um, bring them along with what I'm doing and really feel a connection to them. And while that can sometimes feel a little um, overwhelming for audience members, I really encourage people not to be put off by their fears of eye contact <laughs> when it comes to coming to Sapphic Lake because you know, it's a, it's it's actually, it holds you and it's like an embrace from the company. Um, it's a really, really warm thing. Yeah. We're all really nice, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> Distance, warm hugs. Um, <laughs> no, it, it adds to a cool vibe. And I think, um, you know, we walked away from Slutcracker when I saw it with my friends, just kind of bubbling and wanting to talk about it and, it and talking about your experiences of what was it like being queer? What did this bring up for you? Um and in ways that are very much about celebrating queer joy, which I think is what's really cool. So much of, you know, the bits of queer art that you get often have to have a trauma or center around a trauma. Mm. And there's, you know, there's some rough bits in this. But the nice thing about ballets is the the stories always kind of have to tie up neatly and you get you get your happy endings and you get your resolutions. Um, but there's just, there's a lot happening and it's kind of, mm. it's a fun conversation starter with your queer mates. Yeah. <laughs> queer joy is really the starting place for Anya and I um, as the two co-creators. We're like, just like, we just, it is such a gift to be a queer person, you know? And so many people talk about that, like, thank God I'm gay. Thank God I'm a lesbian. Thank God I'm bisexual. Just like, thank God I'm trans. This is so good. I love to be queer. And, um, yeah, just why not have that in our stories as well? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be a sad time. <laughs> well, especially in winter as well. It's kind of getting to the end of winter and everybody's feeling kind of, you know, a little yeah. gloomy. Yeah. And so this is wonderful to have something like this happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wellington, or Wellington's a rough time to just be a human in winter. Um, <laughs> and this is a nice moment to be like, hey, good stuff is coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sun will come out cool. again, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> but in the meantime, you can come along and get some unbridled joy at uh, Yeah, at just laugh. Just laugh till everything hurts. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of really funny stuff. Um, it's a little, not a little bit, it's a lot bit ridiculous in a lot of places. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been a delight to make. And so I wow. hope it's at least that much fun for people to watch. Oh, I was so excited. <laughs> wow. It's been fun sharing bits and pieces with Jane who's yeah. not in the room for a lot of stuff and then just get to come back and kind yeah. of miss the making of the sausage and get the end product of something yeah. really silly and funny. Yeah. Um, so good. And, you know, we'll channel you and we're like, oh, can, can we incorporate more flowers? Yeah. <laughs> How do we get a rainbow in right here? Um, and it's been, yeah. There's So, so is that part of being a producer is that, you know, you sort of, launch this idea and you, you equip it with with talent and mm. then you walk away and, you know, sort of peep through that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, so much of my work at the moment on this project, it's, it's everything under the iceberg. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and that can sometimes feel pretty heavy, but when you know that the work that's being made in your absence is just full of joy and beauty, it makes it all so much easier. You know, my job won't end until there's no more tickets to be sold, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But also because I am a live artist myself, if somebody goes, "Mm, we're thinking about having these kinds of crowns or this kind of chest piece, I'm like, I'll make it. Yeah, I can get the materials for that. Ten bucks from Daiso and a can of spray paint from Bunnings. Again, Bunnings, if you want to sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) You're like between arts and queers, like... Bunnings, we are come on. Yeah, there's, absolutely. There's quite a lot of product placement here yeah. for, for Bunnings. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's also the spotlight too, probably. Oh yeah, I did go out to spotlight the other day. Especially for fun. queer stuff. You know, you need some sparkles here and there. And totally. Bunnings is sometimes a little short on the shiny. But, but, it, <laughs> but it is the place for the, you know, the lesbian day out. Exactly. Like, yeah. Between yeah. the lesbians and the queer theatre bunnings, like yeah. <laughs> golden opportunity for you here. <laughs> is there like a um is there like a trolley code at Bunnings? Like do you remember in the nineties oh, yeah, that thing yeah. of like Schaefer's New World. Super, yeah, Schaefer's New World on a Tuesday and you've got a bunch of bananas and they're turning <laughs> up, then you're cruising. <laughs> Hanky code, but for Bunnings. Hanky code, but for Bunnings. Yeah. <laughs> what is a can of spray paint and all of the cable ties for you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they were for art. They were for art. No. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, um, my ex used to uh, comment upon the adhesive style being. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's, that's what happens if you're a single mum with two kids. You know, <laughs> dreams of duct tape, and that's not quite for that. <laughs> well, this, this uh, show has just taken a bit of a turn. <laughs> Theatre is just yeah. a yeah. roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> but a Sunday morning sauciness. Why the hell exactly, not? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wake everyone up. <laughs> and have you got other projects that you're moving on to after this, or are you I just do. concentrating on yeah, this? Yeah, I do. Um, so I'm doing publicity for Taylor Max uh, play here at Circa, which is opening in October. Oh, I hope I got that right. Uh, A Mulled Wine Productions producing, directed by Kathy McRae and starring Perry Piercy, Casey Kelly, Drew MacArthur and Felix Crossley Pritchard, who is also performing two nights of um, Sapphic Lake. And that is a really amazing play. It takes the kind of modern American family drama and just uh, flips it on its head. It's about a, a GI coming back to coming back home from um, working in a uh, mortuary department of the army in Iraq and comes home to find that their younger sister is transitioning and that their, fa- that their formerly um, physically and mentally abusive father is now being kind of kept sedated by his mother and that his mother has stopped cleaning the house. And it is one of the most stunning hilarious, shaking shows and is written by a queer person, a trans person, Taylor Mack, and one of the central characters, Max, is a transitioning teenager who, um, you know, really uh, holds the the moral and emotional centre of the family 
it's one of those shows where you kind of go, this is a, a absurd realism and this is absolute chaos. And then you get to learn about this character, Max, and you're like, oh, Max, honey, can I please help you get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be just a stunning, stunning um, uh, production at Circa in October on the main stage there. What and was the title of it? It's called Here, H-I-R. Um, l- keep your eyes out for some really, really beautiful mm. posters coming out for that. Uh, and then in late October through to mid-November, myself and my friend and colleague Johnny Potts have a double bill of our solo shows. His is called The Best Show in Town is at Your Place Every Night. My show is called Change Your Own Life. And together our show at Circa is called Live Through This. And it is a um, exploration of love, loss, grief, nostalgia and Wellington. Uh, and it'll be really beautiful. I say that as one of the makers, but <laughs> my show Change Your Own Life, which is about um, grief, tarot cards, uh, spirituality, and and sort of thriving and surviving through through hardships, which is also a tearjerker, but I must say very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny's show has a lot of really interesting explorations of the places we used to know in Wellington, especially the demise of the video store. And there's a lot of uh, stuff in there about kind of the mouldy flats and furtive glances of falling in love in your early 20s. And, yeah, just it's going to be so gorgeous. And then apparently I'm going on a six-month sabbatical from the theatre, but, look, who who can say? (laughs) (laughs) What if we need more gay ballet? Well, I mean, I've made two now. I think I've got to make the the trilogy, right? There's got to be a third one. Or you could Peter Jackson it and make the, like, 12. The 12? <laughs> no thanks. Well, who knows? Yeah. There's any uh, patrons of the arts who really want to throw money at queer ballet. Hit me up, baby. Gene <laughs> Sargent at gmail.com. <laughs> mm. And Jess, um, has um, this started a new uh, era of dancing for you? Maybe. Um, if there's more queer ballets, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe considering retraining as a clown. Um, Do it. That might be fun. Um, Shameless plug for Naked Girls Reading. If you enjoy, I mean, the name pretty much captures what the show is, um, <laughs> except it should technically probably be more naked people reading, but that just doesn't, you know, yeah. brand doesn't work as well. But anyway, it's a really cool expression of like bodies and what they really look like and people getting to talk behind them, which is really unusual for most people. Um, so that's great. The last one of those is actually closing night for our show. So maybe book your ticket. Actually, but it's not till 8 o'clock, so you can do yeah, a double you header do, you of could do both. gay ballet and then uh, the Wellington edition of Naked Girls Rating on the 28th of August, which will be both Wellington people, Wellington writers, and writing about Wellington. Cool. So it'll be really fun. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and then there's the sex edition coming up in October, which is also... Very good time. So if you like books and or naked people, (laughs) which I hope at least one of those things appeals to everyone who listens to this show, do check it out. And also, um, I was just saying to Sue before that um, the 27th of August is New Zealand Poetry Day. So potentially the next day you might do some poetry. There will definitely be some Wellington poets in there. Uh, That was actually the easiest slash most difficult part of the creation is there's so much poetry in Wellington that picking just a couple for a show mm-hmm. is actually very intensely challenging. Um, 
But then I had to just read a whole bunch of gay Wellington poetry for a week. Yeah, and it was, totally. was very it was very difficult, but I'm willing to yeah. do the hard yards to bring you theater. <laughs> and the first uh, anthology of queer New Zealand writing is <gasps> yes. coming out in a couple yeah. of months as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, curated, yeah. Uh, edited by Chris mm-hmm. Say and um, Emma Barnes. Oh, yeah, that looks yeah. so great. Yeah, yeah great. Rosie interviewed um, Emma Lyons, or Emma Lyons uh, from, who's an Irish poet who's living in Dunedin. Oh. And they've got some, she's got some work in that anthology coming oh, up fantastic. as well. It's going to be a really cool anthology. There's yeah. a whole bunch of good stuff in it. Um, Amazing stuff. So many cool yeah. people. Um, I cannot wait. I'm super stoked about it. Yeah, yeah clear week after that release, just to like go <laughs> sit in a bathtub and cry and read that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds like the best I'll holiday. Be <laughs> oh, <laughs> just bring your stack of queer books. And yes, in the bathtub. Sit in the woods. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm getting so much trouble because you know we haven't got a bathtub at the moment because we haven't got a builder because we haven't got a Oh no. <laughs> you know, I also don't have a bathtub, but one day. Neither do I. It seems like almost every night I'm going on Airbnb looking for places nearby with bathtubs. Filter by bathtub and like resident dog on the property. My pro tip for booking holiday homes. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for sharing your your show and your projects. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and so it sounds like at least one of those days, you know, you can make a good day of it. Twenty eight, ten days to choose from. There's at least one of the good ones, but yeah, that's right. you can do a double well, header on the twenty eighth for a really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Back the Kickstarter if you can't make the show or you don't live yeah. in Wellington. Um, and you'll put links up, and then yeah. you can still see it. Yeah, we'll put links up on our Facebook page. Thank you so much. The podcast. So yeah, no good luck. Great. Really looking forward to seeing it. Thank you so much. We'll see you at the show. Yeah, (laughs) sounds really good. So we've just got a couple of minutes to go. Um, Four minutes. So four minutes. That's right, yeah. Um, and just a wee note as well was that that piece of music that uh, played before was Erin McKeon with the Queer Gospel, which is one of my favourites. So, um, yeah, so, so Sue. I should do a quick, like, Please we, do. Haven't, we haven't done our thank you to the Royal Foundation for our for keeping us on air. That's right. Um, we're funded by the Royal Foundation, which is um, very generous of them. We're on... Access Radio 106.1. This is the Queer of Bananas radio show. Ticked off um, at least one of my quarter hour things. That, like one of them. Um, we had a couple of other um, mm-hmm. things that uh, we came across this week because every week um, that we're on, there's something's happened um, yeah. in queer news. Um, so we'll be putting up a link for um, a... I don't identity survey for young people. I think that's in the 16 to 26. It's amazing how much research has been done over the last few mm-hmm. years and the value of that research is um, really immeasurable. Um, the breadth of it's been amazing and the the um, being able to capture and measure the well-being of our young people. Um, that's sponsored by, uh, or not, it's got a number of participant um, researchers in that piece of work. Um, also coming up in the next few weeks is the opportunity to put in submissions on the um, uh, mum the BDMRR. No, oh the gay conversion. The the conversion therapy one is first, and that's open for submissions now, and I think closes on. 
the 8th of September. So so there's about a month to put in submissions on that. Um, and then um, to kind of watch this space. So if you go onto the Parliament website and there's a, there's a um, participate um, tab there which has the various... Um, submission things up for submissions and you know there's a lot of not very exciting stuff and then there's some stuff that's very important I think for for the community um so that the first cab off the rank is the gave the conversion therapy one and then coming up will be the BDMRR um thank you for coming in for the show thanks so much for having us oh such a pleasure and um, this time, I'll, this time I'm going to have to be organised. Also coming up, also coming up is the um, law review, um, which I think is this week. That's um, directed by Helen, who's Helen House, who's um, young lesbian woman in the uh, glamophones, and she's in the glamophones. So you know, <laughs> so um, well, we haven't seen her for a while because she's. Pfft, Directing this um, performance for the for the law review, so that's um, mm-hmm. likely to be different to what some of the last one of the law reviews coming up, uh, mm-hmm. in the past have been um, mm-hmm. a bit of a shift in the law. Very good. And um, just a shout out, I don't know whether it's come up before, but um, uh, as a librarian and ex-archivist, um, I was really, really excited to see that the Pride NZ archive is going to be... Um, <gasps> Put into the Library of Congress, which is just fantastic oh, that's because, amazing. yeah, because the um, uh, you know the archive of uh, voices in there is just incredible, and Gareth and his team just do an amazing job, just really kind of collecting uh, voices from right throughout the community, and um, yeah, it's just really good to see them get that visibility Gareth in the Library of Congress. Treasure. Oh, I was yeah. just yeah. going to say, huge shout out to Gareth. Yeah, can't yeah. wait for somebody to get in there and like start writing books out of that archive. Oh, I know. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, there is another event coming up at National Library, I think, um, and we're about to finish up, so um, we'll post a link to that. And thanks again. Thank you. The Quilt of Bananas program plays every Sunday, 10 to 11 a.m., with news, views, and music. A collective of presenters, advertisers, community events and discusses news of interest to lesbians, queer women and non-binary folk. We have interviews about past and future sports and cultural events, politics, films, art shows. The programme is sponsored through the generosity of the Rural Foundation. And it plays every Sunday from 10 to 11am on Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. Kia this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard.